0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show.
1: Let's start with the Heat and the Sixers because the Heat straight up murdered the Sixers last night. You know, and with any murder investigation, you need a couple of things, right? You need a body or bodies, and you need a murder weapon. So this case was actually very easy to solve. The Sixers... To a man, we're all lying dead on the floor in an ocean of blood. It's not like it was hard to find the bodies. They didn't hide the body. They were all right there in plain view. The killer did not get very far. Jimmy Butler was the killer. Not only was he the killer, he was at the scene holding the murder weapon. A bloody knife. This was not a hard case to crack. Because my man Bucket's went on a freaking killing spree last night. And given the volume and nature of the stab wounds, this one was personal. You ever watch those true crime shows? Whenever somebody's been stabbed like 50 times, there's always somebody to say, yeah, this was definitely personal. They knew each other. Yeah, well, that's what that was. You think? You think it was personal? You think stabbing somebody 50 times would suggest that it's personal? Yeah, well, I'm sure it was very personal to buckets. And by the way, nobody got carved worse or bled out more quickly than the beard himself, James Larden. Now, I know that I should be above resorting to Lardening this cat. It's also circa 1996 for me. But the fact is, this dude was supposed to come to Philly and be the missing link. Instead, he was just missing just like he always is when it matters most. The dude gave them as much in the second half of last night's elimination game as Ben Simmons gave Philadelphia while he was there. Hell, Larden gave them as much in the second half last night as I did when I was there. And I was never there. And neither was Lard's. Not last night, not the second half. But then again, isn't this what always happens to Larden in the postseason? And isn't this what always happens to Jimmy Butler in the postseason? Larden goes AWOL and Buckets turns into a cold-blooded murderer. Harden turns into a big, fat, fat, bloated, washed pumpkin. And Buckets turns into an assassin and a superstar. Seriously, think about this for a minute. Could the juxtaposition of these two make Larden look any worse? Let me blow your minds with a very simple piece of information. Buckets and the beard are almost exactly the same age. They were born like three weeks apart. I mean, I know it's incredible because when you look at Larden, what do you see? A chunky old man who's aging right out in front of our eyes every time he hits the floor. But what do you see when you look at Buckets? He looks like a Dodonis. He looks like a Dodonis. And this dude's out there hooping like a superstar when the lights are brightest. Like, the bigger the stage, the better he plays. The better he leads. The more he imposes his will. The more he makes everybody around him better and embarrasses every chump standing in front of him. Especially those chumps in Philly because they were the ones who let him go. Because right now, they're everything that he's not. They're everything that he's not, but they need. They're soft, they're mentally weak, and they're at home right now for a reason. He's everything, Butler, that the Sixers aren't. He's everything they need, and they had this guy, and they let him get away. And now they're going home, and he's headed to the next round, leading the Heat once again. And there's nothing even remotely surprising about any of it, because Butler is a bleeping warrior. He's all about that life. Larden is all about the opposite of that life. And let me just stop here for a minute. I'm not putting it all on Larden although I am putting a chunk of it on Larden. I'm just saying the juxtaposition of these two guys is absolutely amazing to me. Like, Butler is the guy who's getting up at 3 a.m. to get his work in. Larden is just getting in at 3 a.m. after hitting the club. Now, did I see that? No, not actually. But I can see it every single time I see the two of these guys take the floor now. Case in point, second half, game six last night. Buckets throws in 23. Larden gets shut the hell out. Butler goes legend. Larden gets bageled. Big face imposed his will. Big waste got curb stomped. Yeah, but at least it was a fair trade. The whole Simmons for Larden thing. At least it was a fair trade. Nothing for nothing. I mean, hell. I gave the Sixers as much as Harden gave them in the second half last night. And while Larden was sulking and making excuses after the game, Buckets was spiking the ball. The guy went alpha for 48, and then he kept rolling it right into the postgame. Did you see him roll through the tunnels at Wells Fargo screaming this over and over and over again?
2: To buy his parents over me? me.
1: Tobias Harris over me. Tobias Harris over bleeping me. me. I got to tell you, and this is coming from somebody who likes Tobias Harris. I couldn't love that any more than I do, though. Because that is the best part of the whole thing, right? The Sixers had this guy, a.k.a. exactly the type of player they needed, exactly the type of toughness they needed, exactly the energy they needed. They had this guy. Jimmy Butler is everything the Sixers are looking for. And they had him in their own locker room, and they let him get away. And to quote Butler himself, Tobias Harris over me? Tobias Harris over me? Again, I've always liked Tobias. A lot. But he's not Jimmy Butler because nobody is. And at this point, it's pretty clear to every single person in Philly how enormous of a disaster it was to let Butler go. But don't take my word for it. Take Joel's instead.
3: I won't sit here and say I wish... Uh, I didn't wish he was my teammate Uh, still don't know how we let him go Uh, but I wish I could have gone to battle with him uh, still but it is what it is Um, you know just gotta keep building and
1: uh, you know keep trying to wish that goal I mean how insane is that I wish I could have gone to battle with that dude who just abused us I wish I could have gone to battle with that dude on that other team. I wish I could have gone to battle with that guy who sent us home. Because the clowns that I do have to go to battle with pretty much suck. Like, I really could have used a little bit of help in this series. Too bad I had to run with James Larden and not Jimmy Buckets. Because Larden is about as useless as a pile of crap right now. And my boy Buckets is a certified stud who somehow, some way is still getting better. Anybody who was actually expecting to see an actually effective James Harden this series has not been paying attention because Larden is not that dude anymore. Again, you don't have to take my word for it either.
3: Obviously, I'm sure, you know, since uh, we got him, everybody expected uh, the Houston James Harden, uh, but that's not who he is anymore. He's more of a playmaker. Uh, I thought. You know, yeah, times, you know, could have been,
1: as all of us, uh, could have been more aggressive. I mean, damn, Joel going straight Tro-L on Larden. But he's not spitting anything but the damn truth. Everyone may have wanted to see Houston Harden in Philly, but that guy's dead. And he's not coming back, ever. He keeled over on a toilet with a cheeseburger in his hand. The Philly version of Larden is washed. I mean, seriously, how is it even possible that this guy is this washed this soon? I mean, I know that when it goes, it goes quickly, but not this quickly, not at age 32. How is it possible for Harden to only take nine shots, only post 11 points and throw up a minus 16 with the season and his reputation on the line? So, again, I I know I've been pretty emphatic about this, but the juxtaposition between these two guys is mind-blowing to me. They're the same age. The Sixers had Butler. They had him. But this is what happens when you have the right mindset versus a garbage mindset. This is what happens when you make the game your life instead of choosing the life over the game. You want the most obvious example of ball don't lie. In the history of the world, just look at Butler v. Larden. Ball don't lie. Sort of hard to, quote, trust the process when the process involves bringing in washed and fat. Joel has done everything he could to improve himself and make himself into the MVP candidate that he is right now, but this dude cannot do it by himself.
4: Trust the process.
1: Of course he's looking at Miami and wants what they have. Extreme toughness, mentally and physically, a commitment, discipline, and a kick-ass culture. That's what everybody wants who wants to win. The Heat have it, the Sixers don't. Like Philly's Game 7 meltdown against the Hawks last year was like the biggest disaster ever for the Sixers. It broke Ben Simmons, it ruined the entire process, but last night might have been even worse. Because now Philly is stuck. They're stuck with a choking coach who can't stop patting himself on the back after losses and a fat, fading tubbo who's expected to get paid and a legitimate MVP candidate who'd rather be playing with Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love that sound. Always puts a smile on my face. The reason for that is Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Listen, scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I know this. Trust this when this podcast started you would not believe the types of things that we were selling compare that to where we are right now and i understand that journey i understand the success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path and i love how shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe and like ours Shopify powers over millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. What a great product. Find out for yourself. Go to shopify.com rome all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. You have to try this on grow your business with shopify today go to shopify.com slash rome right now that's shopify.com slash r-o-m-e malcolm butler is my guest malcolm it is the proverbial it's been a moment or two since you and i last spoke so how you doing and how are things now that you're back in new england
5: i'm doing well man i'm back in my old stepping grounds and you know just got my head down working hard man it's, it's good to be back, back in the NFL running around with the young guys, man. I'm enjoying it. I'm in a good good
1: uh, state of mind. Malcolm Butler joining us. Alright, so you're back in your old stomping grounds. Let me ask you this. When the opportunity first came up to rejoin the Patriots, what was your immediate reaction? For instance, were you surprised at all, or did this feel like a normal and perfect homecoming?
5: Um, I didn't know what was coming, but I knew I was going to uh, get back into the NFL, but I didn't know it was going to come this way, and I mean, that's why you never, you know, you handle business like like a man. You know, you never bash nobody. You never do this. You never do that. You're going to talk business, keep it between each other. And basically, never bring your bridge down, man. You probably always go back. So, uh,. Yeah,
1: that's that man. <laughs> See yeah, by the way, I think that's a really important life lesson, not just an NFL lesson, but man, don't burn bridges. Do not burn bridges because you never know whether or not an opportunity might be there. So part of the process was a conversation with Bill Belichick. What was that conversation like and how would you describe the relationship the two of you have?
5: I think we got a uh I think we got a great relationship and I know that we both we both about business and um, I was talking to him on the phone. He asked him, did I want to come back? And, you know, we was talking business, and he was like, hey, just, uh, we're not going to sit here all day. We just go handle a business when, when, when I see you. <laughs> I'm supposed to excuse my language.
1: Right. Malcolm Butler joining us. I got you. You know, I... C- we don't know none of us know people on the outside looking in don't know so a lot of people have this perception of belichick and what he's like and what he's all about how would you describe him as a coach and a leader
5: man this one that's one of the best coaches i ever you know played for not not that i, I didn't play for other great coaches but man, the man just knows the game, man he know how to he gonna work you hard he's gonna prepare you he just, he's just different man he's a he's an excellent coach man he he don't say much, but when he when he say something, man, you uh, gonna listen up. Not too much he says, that it's not right. So, uh, yeah, man, a great coach. He was a great coach. He got six rings for for Reese.
1: Malcolm Butler joining us. You know, you mentioned briefly you were away from the league. So when you were planning to be with the Cardinals last season, it was there, and then you stepped away to deal with some things away from the game, as you said, Malcolm. Quote: Bill Belichick always says do what's best for the team. At that time, I think I did what's best for me and my family. If you're not prepared mentally, you can do nothing physically. So I think I made the right decision by doing that. End to quote. Can you kind of share your thoughts on that? Like, what was that decision-making process like for you last year?
5: Uh, well, I was I was going through a lot of things. and Like you say, put the team first. And, you know, I went in a, a, a good mode to, you know, help the team. You know, I was there. Physically, but I went there mentally, so uh, I just I think I made a great decision, you know, to step back for a while, get get, get my get my,
1: my give your get your yeah right. Yep, go ahead. Now I was gonna say you dropped off for one second, so like you were saying, like mentally you were not in the best spot. So what was going on? What were you dealing with?
5: Just a couple family issues uh off-the-field situations, and, you know, that, that, that's just that right there. But um, I think I made the right decision. You know, I, it, I think that break gave me a little more juice uh, this year. And, uh, big reset. You know, I appreciate the game more when I was at home watching it. And <laughs> it, I couldn't even watch it like that because I'm like, like damn, I'm supposed to be out there. But uh, I think I made a great decision, you know, uh, taking care of my mindset. And
1: getting things back in order. Malcolm Butler is joining us. I really respect that response. I mean, that's that's key, right? I mean, you had to take care of your business. You had to take care of yourself. You had to take care of your mind. You had to hit that reset button, and you made the right decision. But to your point, like, what was it like being away from the game, and what was it like not playing on Sundays? Did you miss that?
5: Yeah, hundred um, percent. I was bored, man. I'm talking about bored, bored. Uh, it, it just, it's it just different. You've been playing playing the game since. You know, you was in college and high school, and then all of a sudden you're just doing nothing. and, You know, picking up leaves in the yard and, and uh, <laughs> cutting the grass. I'm like, man, what am I doing? But you know, I made that decision to, you know, uh, step back for a while, which it, it really it really paid off a little bit. And yeah, it was kind of it was kind of tough to uh, watch those games, man.
1: We're talking to Malcolm Butler. You know, I'm fascinated by mindset and the mindset you're sharing with us. Like, for instance, how do you approach coming back now to a team and a culture that you know really well that you had a lot of success within is your attitude that, hey, listen, I've got history. I don't really have these expectations. Or do you go in there thinking, i got to prove myself to everybody all over again?
5: Yes. Yeah, that's the mindset I have. That's the, that's the mindset I have. Go in there, work hard. Uh yeah, my, my strength coach actually told me that man, you gotta you, you gotta start over, you gotta start from scratch. And that was that was that was a, I think that was good. It motivated me even more. Uh just like you said, but I'm a grown man, I know I gotta go in there and handle my business, this a business, but it's also a game that uh that I love. So, uh I don't mind proving myself up.
1: We're talking to Malcolm Butler. I'm curious, now, like there have been a lot of changes to the Patriots roster since you left. When you come back now, do you feel like the Patriot way is still pretty much the same as it always was? Or has that changed and evolved a little bit, the Patriot way?
5: No, well, I think it's still the same. Just missing a few players. It kind of feels weird to me when, you know, I'm in the locker room and it's it's totally different. It's on like five guys that that stared at uh when I was when I was there, so but I, I, think, I still think it's the Patriot way, uh, coming there, and work hard, do your job, go home, and come back there the next day.
1: <laughs> We're talking to Malcolm Butler. You know what? Last fall, Belichick said this of you. Quote, Malcolm's a great story. I mean, you talk about a kid that's undrafted, really couldn't even get into a training camp, and then we brought him up here for rookie minicamp for a tryout. He wasn't even signed when we brought him up here. End of quote. Like, Malcolm, it's, it's so unusual. to guys that go to small college programs and don't get drafted typically do not get a look in the NFL, and they certainly don't go on to win a couple of Super Bowls and get named to a Pro Bowl and an All-Pro team and create an all-time NFL moment. Like, I know you're looking ahead and you're focused on the upcoming season, but when you look back on everything that's transpired and everything you've accomplished, how much pride is there for you in that journey, the journey you took?
5: Man, it, it's just amazing, man. Um, I just kept working hard, kept praying hard, and I'm so blessed. I got that, that opportunity to, to, you know, get a, get a shot. And I knew it, was go- it wasn't going to be easy, but now I, I worked so hard. Even though I didn't get drafted, I wasn't even looking forward to getting drafted. I was on the side of the house, you know, working out and stuff like that. I knew I wasn't going to get drafted. But when I got the opportunity, I, I just told myself I ain't coming back home. I was up there for straight business, and I, I come a lot that, I still lot, man. But I'm still hungry. I still want more. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just a go-getter, man. And I'm blessed to get that opportunity. But I still want more. You know, I want to finish strong. We're
1: talking to Malcolm Butler, and you get an opportunity right off the jump, right? The team schedule was announced yesterday. You're going to open up against the Dolphins in Miami. Like, you know it's going to be hot, and you know the Dolphins have some new faces like Tyreek Hill. How much are you looking forward to that matchup? I'm just ready to
5: play. I know it's going to be tough or whatever, but I ain't backing down from nobody. You know, it, it, it's only one football. We know that. And, you know, they got speed or whatever. But, you know, we, we got a nice little group over there in New England ourselves. So, you know, we'll see how it go down. You know, I ain't going to talk about nothing that ain't happy yet, but I'm a competitor just like everybody else.
1: So Malcolm, one last thought, like mentally, you obviously are in a great headspace. I can tell, like you're rejuvenated, you're reset, you're hungry, you have things to prove. I'm looking at the way you were playing when you were last there. Like you had five interceptions and 16 deflections in the regular season and the playoffs in 2020. So you were still playing at a really high level. When did you first start thinking about coming back for this year? And what let you know that you still had that same physical ability and motivation to play at that same high level? How and when did you know that?
5: Um, I was working out with a few coaches and things like that. Well first of all I got three well, I worked out for three teams and uh, you know, they wanna call me in just to call me in. You know, I seen like articles my sister sent me articles that you know, that I just been working hard and stuff like this. I can tell when I when when I'm moving quick and I can change direction, jump, catch stuff like that. But uh, I just man, I I just know it, man. It's just something you just know you can't explain. And that uh, yeah, just I just I didn't retire and just stay on the couch like that. You know, I was working out at least two, three times a a week stuff like that. Because if you want, if I wanted to return, I couldn't come back just off my name. You got to work whatever you want. So uh, I, I'm still, I still got it, baby.
1: I still got it, baby. Trust me. I love it. I love it, man. That's exactly the kind of energy you're looking for. He's a corner of the Patriots, a two-time Super Bowl champ. As I mentioned, All-Pro, a Pro Bowler, a member of the Patriots All-Decade team, and he's right back there. New England's going to open up against Miami on September 11th. Malcolm, it's good to have you back in the game. Good to have you back on the show. Appreciate that conversation. Great energy. Thanks so much for it. All right. Thanks, man. The future will be great, but today is just as incredible. Meet Nissan's most advanced lineup. If you can't get enough adrenaline, there's the all-new 400 HP Nissan Z. Or for your off-road adventures, check out the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. If you're more of a spontaneous road trip type of person, then hop in the Nissan Pathfinder. And for something more electric, there's the stylish Nissan Aria. So let's enjoy the ride. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability this spring for 2023 Z and this fall
4: for 2023 Aria. Head, what's up? How you feeling? little nervous having to follow that legend in his big rooster, but I'm here, Jim, and I'll do my best. Dude, he, he sounded he sounded nothing like him. Why do you say that? I don't know. I'm pretty good at deciphering that stuff. I worked at Radio Shack back in the day. He sounds pretty much like the chicken man to me. You, you're you one of those guys from Radio Shack, One huh? of those guys right. from Radio Shack. Yeah. yeah, I love that.
1: All right, so <laughs> why don't we start? You're, you're wrong. So why don't we start with the association head. And okay. I'm not going to lie. I've got a background and a thought or two about this coming into the weekend. Number one, much of what we've seen... Of late, across the board, as it relates to the association, the product has been ass, mm-hmm. bad games, bad product. I expect Cereal a hell of a lot ass. more in terms. Say it again. That Cereal was Alvin ass. playing that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
1: my earbuds popping out. All right, I was I was going to tell you, man, shut your mouth, stop interrupting me. But it was Alvin. Cereal it was you on tape. Ass. Yeah, my bad. (laughs) It's really weird. You sound exactly the same on tape as you do live. How about that? All right, so anyway, what I'm saying is bad product, ass product. And it should not be this bad and this ass-like this far into the postseason. Mm-hmm. My second thought, my NBA picks of late have been near as ass-like as the mm-hmm. product itself. I expect a lot more from myself as we get further into the postseason. I'm going to get better. However, I feel like the James Larden of gambling of late, a shot player who's not nearly what he used to be for whatever reason. Well, actually... Big Head, I know the reasons. He's not what he once was because he eats and drinks too much and does not work hard enough. I'm not nearly the gambler I once was because, well, that gambling game is hard, dog. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But unlike Harden, I know I'm going to bounce back. Generally, how are
4: you feeling about things heading into the NBA weekend? So I went from absolute fire to getting my dome kicked in of late, but um, we're going to bounce back, and that consistent ass product, I agree 100% on the NBA so far, Cereal but we're going to bounce back. I feel great. Let's do this. So you've been getting your dome kicked in? Dome Dude, kicked you, in, man.
1: Dude, that dome could get hit by an 18-wheeler and you wouldn't even feel it. Well, what I, I mean? could take
4: punishment, and that's why I'm never going to quit, Jim. I yeah, could take you,
1: punishment. Not dead, can't quit. Not, not dead, it. can't quit. Let's get... Celtics-Bucks, the Celtics had picked a horrible time to have a horrible quarter. They were up 14 in the fourth. They were at home. They had a chance to take control of that series. Then they go right into the tank. Milwaukee has a chance to finish them tonight at home. The champs were in the house in game five, at least in the fourth quarter. The question is, head, will they be once again tonight,
4: or do the Celtics man the hell up and bounce back? What is the number? What is your play? The number is Bucks minus one and a half. I took them to win the series two weeks ago, Jim, at plus one seventy-five. I have to stay with them here. Look, man, Grayson Allen and Drew Holiday have to step on the off, uh, uh, step up on the offensive side of the huh? ball tonight and help Giannis. Oh, oh, oh. They missed Chris Middleton horribly in three games. Middleton missed against Chicago. Jim mm-hmm. Allen averaged over twenty points a game against Boston. He's averaging just six. And Holiday, of course, he's been incredible on defense. We all know that, but he's also shooting 34% from the field in the series. One more key tonight, the Bucks small ball lineup. It's working with Big Bob Big Bob Portis. Um, he had seven offensive <laughs> rebounds last game. I love that. I hope they run that out there again tonight. The against the spread numbers are in favor of Boston, though, right now. They are 6-0-1 in their last seven as a road ouch. dog. Ouch, ouch. All of the against the spread numbers are for Boston tonight, but I'm going Bucks in pound town minus one and a half. You know what? You're right. I don't like any of the spread numbers for the
1: Bucks. I love the spread numbers for Boston. Shoot me straight on this. I do you feel good about the Bucks or are you staying consistent with them because you have
4: them for the series plus one seventy five? Uh, I feel good about the Bucks. I mean, the winner of this is going to go to the NBA Finals. I, I feel great about that. But Boston is a hell of a lot better than I gave them credit for from two to eight depth-wise, scoring-wise. They're just outplaying Milwaukee right now. So, tough, tough game. All right, so my thought is they are the champs for a reason. They showed it on the
1: road and overcoming a lot of adversity in a really hostile barn. I don't think they want to go back there. They know what's no. at stake. Boston is not going to choke again. But I think they go out on their sword. It says here, they're going down. I'm going to take Milwaukee to handle their bleep in their house. I'm going to lay the point and a half. Milwaukee's definitely been shaky at times, but they've been at their best when they've needed to be at their best. It says right here, they will be tonight. I'm with you. All right, Golden State and Memphis. I'm still trying to figure out, Head, what the hell happened to the Dubs in game five. No shame in losing to Memphis, even Memphis without John Morant, but a hell of a lot of shame in losing to them the way they did without John Morant, by getting blown the hell out. Mm-hmm. I mean, even that's not fair. You have to get off the bus in order to get blown the hell out. They didn't even do that. My question for you, was that one really bad night and that'll happen, or are they legitimately in trouble because we know they do not want to go back
4: to Memphis for Game 7? Mm-hmm. Talk So, What's uh, the number? Who do you like? the The number is fat. It's minus 8. And Golden State is favored by minus eight at home. I will actually take Golden State. I, I think it was a one-off, but you have to give credit to Memphis. They have gone big without Jaw and is throwing the Warriors off. They need to find a line to, uh, lineup that can handle that uh, size or offset it some ways. The Warriors miss Jaw too on defense because they can't attack anybody. The keys tonight for Golden State are Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. Dre has to hit some jumpers and get those big guys out of the paint and pool. Without Jaw, he's made five of 18 shots the past two games and turned the ball over eight times. He does play better at home, though, so I like that. And if Golden State, Jim, could cut down on the turnovers, which they've had a problem all season long, but the last two games, 38 turnovers in the last two games, I think if they cut that down, God. they win, they cover... Another series is over tonight. Warriors minus eight. 38 turnovers. In the last two games. In the last two games. like I don't even know you anymore. I've never
1: known you to turn down that kind of value. Eight is a fat, fat number. I know it is big. I'll tell you what. The Dubs, they've got that championship DNA, but them laying down the way they did mm -hmm. and completely disrespecting and underestimating Memphis because they didn't have jaw was pretty alarming to me and completely inexcusable for that very reason that they have the championship DNA. Like, I can't even believe the effort or the zero effort that they showed in that game. That said, I'm with you. I'm going to roll with them. I'm going to even lay the points tonight. If I said that I felt great about it, it would be a lie. But I will do so. Warriors minus eight. We're on the same page. All right. The NFL schedule is you know that release is like a national holiday for some yeah i said that it was not my favorite thing in the world we had mike north on does not sound like the chicken man i thought his energy level was great here's an idea head why don't we hit some more over unders in fact why don't we isolate one division say the nfc east does that work for you Hell yes, it works for me. Good, because we were going to do it either way. Give me the NFC East. Why don't we start with the Cowboys? They're always the team to beat in the East, and they always disappoint. What is their number, and is this the year Dallas finally gets it done? Or is that never going to happen with Jarrah aging out and Mike McCarthy fatting out and the two of them slumber partying it out?
4: Uh, So the number of wins is the third highest of all NFL teams, actually, at 10.5 for the season. I'll say yes, they get the over, actually, but no to finally getting it done in the playoffs. Once McCarthy gets um, to the playoffs, he will uh, larden that ship, I assume, Jim. But for the win total this year, the NFC East has the easiest schedules of any teams. They play the ass AFC South and the non-Green Bay Packers ass of the NFC North. And for the Cowboys, two of their three uh, toughest games, Uh, they're all at home, and they start with Tampa and Cincy, so that's good for them. Now they have lost a lot of talent in the offseason, but I think they actually let the right guys go. Amari Cooper Cooper is gone, but CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and third-round pick who you had on, Jalen Tolbert, can take that workload. Also, they lost Connor Williams on that very good line, but I think they put first-round pick Tyler Smith there. That's an upgrade. Losing Randy Gregory in the way they did, that will hurt, but... They have uh, pass rushers. Dante Fowler is there now. Demarcus Lawrence will be healthy. And that freak, that Micah Parsons, he could do anything they ask. The roster is good. The coach is not. But over ten and a half wins here. I thought you were going to run down every single guy on that roster. Dude, I, hey, head, do I re- love it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs>
1: hey, Head, remember that time you and I had a business meeting in Vegas and it was a really important client and then you showed up dropping F-bombs and had your feet up on the desk and you were looking for cocktails That's in a right. business meeting? Remember that? Yes, I do. Okay,
4: Very fun. Yep. Anyway,
1: Philly fan, I know it's been Cold a hell of a ride.
4: Sorry.
1: <laughs> the last several weeks for Philly fan have been wild. A hell of a ride. And by hell of a ride, I mean hella bad. But I'm a big fan of what the Eagles have done in the postseason. In other words, Howie Roseman's been doing Howie Roseman things. Question, of course, is where do he come out on Jalen Hurts? Like, I like Jalen as a dude. I like his character. I like his grind. I even like his ability to lead and make guys around him better and follow. I just don't know that he's that transcending guy or that he ever will be. The question is, do they need him to be that guy to go where they want to go? they're interesting to me
4: are they interesting to you yeah they are i don't see hurts getting them uh, to the promised land i love the kid i love his makeup i love his character i don't love him throwing a football um can they get the nine and a half over wins here yes i think they can regardless of hurts howie roseman has set up this uh roster nicely i feel like he's doing that bucks rams and broncos mold build a hell of a roster and see if Hertz might be able to succeed, and if he doesn't, he has the ammunition actually next year for two first-round picks to improve his quarterback position. But for this season, they play a weak-ass schedule, Jim. They have one real Super Bowl-winning team on it, the Packers, one team that I think can win the Super Bowl on that roster. Their lines are elite. They added A.J. Brown to go along with Devontae Smith, and their draft class is very, very good, and not one of them is guaranteed to be a starter. That speaks to the depth they have here. Uh, over nine and a half wins, even with hurts. All right, so over nine and a half for Philadelphia. As long as we're taking a trip down memory lane,
1: do you remember that time you came <laughs> on this show and you butchered the English language? That's every Friday for that's, the last two. That's kind of what I'm getting at. All right, so let's go to the Commanders. Get ready,
4: Fantasy Hawks too.
1: I I, want to trust the commanders because I'm a big Ron Rivera guy. I think most people know that about me. Mm -hmm. There are things that I actually do like on that roster, but there's just something about them. There's something about them that makes me question them, and Mm -hmm. I can't quite put my finger on it. There's something. Oh, yeah, I can. Carson Wentz. I don't trust him
4: at all. Do you? And what is there over, under, and how are you playing it? So the over-under is actually eight here, positive. Um, the one team they get from the NFC North on that that schedule is the Fail Clowns, and their two toughest games are at home against the Packers and the Browns. The uh, Carson Wentz question, no, that's the negative. I do not trust that guy. But he has weapons. T- uh, Terry McLaurin is elite. They drafted Jahan Dotson in the first round. He's a damn good football player, too. Also, that line, it doesn't look great on paper, but they can block at a high level. They're one of the NFL's best. Now, the question is that supposed next elite outside of Wentz, of course, that uh, elite pass rush last season that was one of the biggest disappointments in football that allowed over 250 yards passing and pass rush numbers in the bottom 10 of almost every metric. They have the talent. I expect them to be better. If they play better, they can get this. I think they will. Let's go over again because of the NFC East. Over on all three of these so far, Washington at eight. Damn head. All three over. And listen, before I go to the Giants really quickly, Mm -hmm. I just
1: had another thought. Remember that time you came on this show Mm -hmm. and told me that you were building a dog wash into your car wash?
4: Yeah, I do. That's right. Yeah. How's that Surfing going? How's going that It's going It's going good. Okay, good, good. Yeah.
1: good. All right, so what about the Giants? They could not have been any worse or any more arrogant or any more out of touch than they were last year. Coaches always talk about setting the tone, talk about their culture. Well, that was a culture of arrogance, being out of touch, underachieving, and lacking in any sort of accountability and ownership, and it all started with that one guy setting that horrible tone, the latest in a long line of hoodie wannabes, Joe Judge, but he's gone. Brian Dable is in right now strong offensive mind to be sure but you never know how somebody like that is going to fare when they get their first call up especially in that market I will say him walking through that door on day one and judge walking out is an immediate improvement but what do you do with the Giants I mean would you really tell me head that every one of those teams is going to be over on the over under this year
4: No, I wouldn't tell you that part. So um, that point, though, the coach thing, the first-year coach and the new energy, it's huge. Players normally play above their talent under a new coach at first, unless you're perv. So I do like the point on Dayball. But regardless of him, that offense is still not good. They um, are better than the incompetent unit that averaged about six-and-a-half points a game their last six games, but they won't strike fear in anybody, Jim. Dimes and an unreliable Barkley with an improved line but marginal at that. I don't like that. Also, Kadarius Toney, he's their best wideout, and I i think they he was in trade rumors, so that's not a good thing either. The pass rush will be better for them, but that secondary will struggle. They have only two proven starters there now that they let James Bradbury go. The number is seven wins on the season. I'm going to go under on that one, so that is my under.
1: Sorry, Giants fan. There is so much meat in this segment. We've hit tonight's NBA action. We hit the entire NFC East over under Futures. I'll tell you what, I'm greedy. Before I let you go, because you've made a lot of money in the NHL in the postseason, on the way out the door, hit me with some puck. Do you see anything on the
4: ice that you like tonight? Yeah, we're going money lines, not puck lines tonight, Jim. We're going to play the Rangers, Florida, and Calgary tonight. Two of the three series are ending. New York needs some veterans uh, to step up and help that young kid line. The Flames have almost 60 more shot attempts in the series than the Stars do. I'm hoping they finally broke them. And maybe the Panthers, who have the highest scoring offense in hockey, can finally get a power play goal. Right now they are 0 for the series, but we're going Florida, Rangers, and Calgary. Damn, head. Maybe you do work more than one day a week. Run Perfect. it
1: all back, top to bottom, then put it up on Twitter just in case they join us
4: late. Who are you hitting tonight? NBA tonight: Bucks minus one and a half v Celtics, Warriors minus eight against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, seasons over under for NFL: Dallas over ten and a half wins, Philly over nine and a half wins, Washington over eight wins, Giants under seven wins tonight money line in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, the Rangers, Flames, and Panthers. Dude, are you exhausted? What do you do when that segment's over? (laughs) I don't know.
1: If you're a parent, you know this. Kids are amazing, but they are expensive. However, with Fabric, protecting your family with term life insurance is surprisingly affordable. Fabric was built specifically for parents to help you manage your family's financial future like a parenting pro stress free. And Fabric's new lower prices mean significant savings over other providers with great policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. And everything is on your schedule with Fabric because it's all online. Less than 10 minutes to apply and you can be offered coverage instantly with no health exam required. Then just personalize your quote to fit your family's needs and you will be set with high quality, affordable protection for your entire family. There is no risk to apply today. Fabric has a 30-day money-back guarantee and you can cancel at any time. So protect your family with term life insurance right now in just 10 minutes. Apply today at meatfabric.com slash that's meetfabric.com slash rome to start protecting your family right now m-e-e-t fabric.com slash rome. fabric insurance agency policies issued by Vantus life not available in new york and montana prices subject to underwriting and health questions joining us to talk about that is the vp of nfl broadcast planning he has spent more than 20 years in the broadcast department. He knows exactly what it goes into this. We are joined by Mike North. Mike, it is good to have you back on. How are you? Hey, Jim. Always good to talk to you. You too, Mike. So the schedule is out, but before we get into the mechanics and the thought process behind this year's schedule, I'm curious, how does it feel to you to have this out in the world? Can you put your feet up, relax, kind of bask in the glow? What's it feel like the day after?
2: Uh, can't relax just yet. Um, you know, we gave the schedules to the teams on Wednesday, and we gave the schedules to the networks on Thursday, but they only saw their own. And so as you get into Thursday, Friday, and through the weekend, then they see everybody else's. And sometimes the team might look at their schedule on Wednesday and say, ah, all right, we caught the short straw, but it's not that bad, we'll be fine. And then they see everybody else's, and they're like, wait a minute, now ours looks even worse. Or same thing on the network partners. You know, CBS might get their schedule and look at it and say, hey, this looks pretty good. And then once they see the ESPN and the Amazon schedule, say, hey, wait a minute, we would have loved to have those games, too. So there's a couple of days here where I don't want to say we're holding our breath, but we're prepared for, uh, you know, everybody's honest reaction. And as it shifts from, you know, the emotional initial reaction to the, you know, hey, we've had a chance to digest it. We've had a chance to look at it. Here's some, you know, hopefully constructive criticism. Uh, We take it all under advisement. You put it in the file and you just
1: keep trying to do better next year. Mike North is joining us. So, Mike, does anybody say to you, man, you guys crushed it. What are? awesome job we have no issue with it at all you did a great great job how often do you hear that
2: Very, very rarely, Jim. Very rarely. Uh, Look, no schedule's perfect. We know that. Every schedule's got some warts on it. What we like to say is everybody got something. Nobody got everything, right? There's some really big games that everybody wants to see. If Kansas City-Tampa's on NBC, well, then it's not on Fox or CBS, and they're going to be a little disappointed. If, you know, Team X got a three-game road trip and a division opponent didn't, then they're going to be a little disappointed. But, you know, knowing all the hoops that we have to go through and and talking to people like you and kind of being honest about this and being a little more transparent, about the process. I think people understand that, you know, there's no conspiracy theorists here. There's no setting out to, you know, do anybody dirty. This is really just about trying to make a balance between, you know, fan friendliness, getting the biggest games into the biggest television windows and kind of managing the team pain. Everybody's got a little something that they feel is a competitive challenge. But, you know, good teams overcome challenges and bad teams blame anything they can, including the schedule. Maker. There
1: you go. I like it. Mike North is the VP of NFL Broadcast Planning. Yeah, I don't think that computers necessarily account for conspiracy theories. The story goes that you had 4,000 computers working on the schedule and you ran 119,153 different schedules. So then what is the process for evaluating each schedule and what was it about schedule number one hundred nineteen thousand and eleven that made it stand out from all the rest?
2: Yeah, look, the computers are brilliant, but they're also kind of stupid, right? They just do what you tell them, and they don't know what we're thinking, what our heart is telling us, what Howard Katz, who runs the scheduling process, what you know, the vision he has in his mind. So. We're just trying to interact with the computers and tell them all the time, here's what we're looking for. Uh, I think I said this to you last year, we kind of liken this to looking for the best grain of sand on a beach. You know it's impossible. You're never going to find it. You're just trying to get close. And the best thing you could do is get a bunch of your buddies and spread out across the beach and everybody get a walkie-talkie and let's all talk to each other. Here's what the best grain of sand looks like. This size, this shape, this weight, this color. Everybody start digging. And if you're getting close on your sector of the beach and I'm not getting close, maybe I leave my sector of the beach and I come over with you and I start looking where you are because something about the sand and the wind and the jellyfish is, you know, making the grains of sand on that part of the beach a little closer to what we're looking for. And then all of a sudden, Tom Brady retired. All right, well, the definition of the best grain of sand just changed. Everybody back to step one and start digging again. Wait, Tom changed his mind. He's back. Definition of the grain of sand changed again. Russell Wilson changes teams. Matt Ryan changes teams. Tyreek Hill changes teams. Every day, the definition of the best grain of sand changes. And we're just trying to find options. So I feel like our job as, you know, the button pushers with the software is to just put as many contender schedules as we can. I can't say Howard Katz looked at all 119,000, but he looked at almost all of them. And we just keep putting schedules in front of him and say, here's what's good about this one, here's what's bad about that one. Are we better than we were yesterday? And the way Howard likes to work is he's got a leader in the clubhouse hanging on the wall at all times. Commissioner comes downstairs, bangs on the door and says, give me the best one you got. We've always got one. So that one's hanging on the wall, and we'll spend tonight trying to beat it. Whatever the worst thing about the leader is, we'll go try to beat it. Come in tomorrow, here's some contenders. They all fixed what was broken on the leader. What did they break in order to do that? Is this schedule better? If it is, new leader in the clubhouse. If it's not, leader survives. If the leader survives for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, you know you're getting close, you know you're converging on optimal, and you know Howard's kind of told us what to tell the computers about what he's looking for.
1: I like that energy. Mike North is joining us. So very clearly, you guys are paying attention to what's going on around the league and some of the speculation, some of the rumors we're talking, Mike, about some really big names that were moving or maybe not moving. Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Debo Samuel. You talked about Tom Brady. So clearly, you're paying attention to these things. What about the Super Bowl champs hosting the season opener on Thursday night? What was the thinking behind matching up the Rams and the Bills?
2: We had a lot of good options this year for kickoff. Just look at the Rams' home schedule. The Bills makes for a great matchup. Dallas, you can never go wrong with deploying Dallas in the kickoff window. We did it last year down in Tampa. San Fran could have come into L.A. They played three really good games last year. No problem coming back with the NFC Championship game rematch. The Raiders coming to L.A. You know they still have a lot of fans down there. That's going to be a crazy scene whenever we would have played it. Uh, and, of course, Denver. Even before Russell Wilson went to Denver, you know, the Broncos at the Rams would have been a decent kickoff game so because we have all these computers you know maybe not 4,000 every night only at our peak but we got lots of hardware at our disposal and so you can section them off and you can say hey these computers go look at Denver Rams for kickoff these computers go look at Buffalo Rams for kickoff these computers Dallas Rams these computers Niners Rams go and then they all come back and they all say well because you gave me that one for kickoff here's what the rest of the NBC schedule looks like here's what the rest of the CBS and Fox schedule looks like If you like the balance across all your partners and you're happy with it and the right mix of three-game road trips and road after road Mondays, then you know there's some good stuff down that path. And if there's good stuff down every path, well, then you can pick the winner, the one that feels right to you. We sort of narrowed our own selections as we went through it. Once we thought about Denver Rams for Christmas, then obviously Denver wasn't going to be on kickoff. And look, Buffalo Rams just sounds like a good football game. I know a lot of people are already calling it, you know, a potential Super Bowl preview. So wouldn't there be some, you know, agreeable symmetry if the first and last game of the season, you know, were both Bills Rams?
1: We are talking to Mike North. He is the VP of NFL Broadcast Planning. He has spent more than 20 years in the broadcast department. I mean, just to finish that thought, Mike, the Bills have five, five primetime games across four networks. What does that say then about Josh Allen's star power and the potential of this Bills team?
2: Uh, it says uh, exactly what you just said. He's a superstar. I mean, uh, we, we cannot get enough Josh Allen on television. Um, at some point, hopefully not anytime soon, but at some point, you know, Tom Brady's probably going to retire. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to retire. Uh, we're really fortunate to have a lot of these really young, exciting quarterbacks in our league right now. And as they've earned that additional national exposure, you know, we're going to keep putting them out there and our fans are going to tell us if they care, if we keep putting the bills in national windows, and the ratings aren't what we at all hoped they were going to be, I don't know if we're going to keep putting the Bills in those national windows, but we continue to roll the Bills out into these big games. They've been on Thanksgiving. They're on again this year. They were in Dallas a couple of years ago, in New Orleans two years ago, I think. So we keep putting the Bills in national windows. They keep performing. And obviously, when you're coming off that Buffalo-KC Divisional game from last January, I, I think all of us can't wait to see that guy back on the football field again. So thankfully, we don't have to wait really long. He's in that very first game.
1: I agree, Mike. I mean, we do want to see that guy in that team, and I totally understand that. But you know what's really intriguing and I'm not saying surprising but really intriguing the Bengals they're one of the teams with five primetime games this year it's been a minute or two since they've had that kind of national exposure but given their run to the Super Bowl last year and the fact that they have one of those kinds of quarterbacks that you're talking about does it feel like this is the start of a string of seasons with Cincinnati as a primetime fixture
2: I certainly hope so i mean look burrow was fantastic i think jamar chase is incredibly fun to watch i i think that you know we're hoping that Cincinnati and Buffalo and Cleveland and Indianapolis and Kansas City and the Chargers and the Miami Dolphins and all these AFC teams that you know your word's not mine maybe haven't always been you know front and center in national television in recent years. I'm really hoping that these next you know eight ten years in the AFC is just going to be every game with playoff implications, young star quarterbacks, you know, getting more footing, getting more exposure to our fans. Uh, you know, like we said when Josh Allen first came. Out, you know, the jury was a little out on him, and people weren't really sure. When Lamar Jackson took over in Baltimore, it was like, oh, you can't win that way. You know, when Mahomes came out, they weren't 100% sure, but holy cow, all those guys can play. All these games matter, and yeah, we should expect a, a heavy dose of all these AFC teams and all these good young star quarterbacks on prime time, uh, you know, not just this year, but but hopefully for the foreseeable future.
1: Mike North is my guest, So Mike, I gotta ask, I mentioned you've done this now 20 years. When you look at how the process plays out right now, and then you compare it to what it was like when you first started, is there any part of you, and the world changes, of course everything does, but is there any part of you that wonders, how in the world were we able to do this back in the day without use of all this technology?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, the league got a schedule done, Val Pinchbeck was sitting there with a big bag of pistachio nuts and a bunch of hang tags, and we would literally go one game at a time. Did we get a schedule done? Did the league stay in business? Did the world keep spinning? Of course. But you know, those schedules obviously pale in comparison to all the things that we're trying to consider now. We didn't have Thursday night games. We didn't have international games. You know, not, not long ago, we didn't even have Sunday night games or Monday night games. So it was a very different animal back then. Uh, we really couldn't do it without the, the hardware and the software that we have able you know, to deploy and help us solve this problem now. Uh, but it certainly never gets any easier. You know, we've got a lot of mouths to feed a lot of broadcast partners, a lot of new windows where we're trying to roll out some games and get some of these games that, like we said, they all used to be Sunday at one o'clock. Well then that means you can't watch them all, you know? You're only watching what's on television in your market. Here's an opportunity to take a game and put it, you know, on a Sunday night, on a Monday night, on a Thursday night, on Thanksgiving, on Christmas, on New Year's, in London, in Germany, trying to figure out how best to use each of these 272 assets. You know, they're not my assets, they're the fans' assets, and they'll tell us what they care about, and we're not doing our job if we're utilizing those assets in the smartest way and letting our fans watch the biggest games.
1: See, you nailed this. This is why it's so important for you and I to have this conversation every single year so the fans get an idea of what goes on and what. What the process involves. My final question then, I know it's data-driven, of course, but how much of this is science at this point and how much of it is still art?
2: Yeah, we're kind of shifting
1: you know, that line right now. I think for
2: a really, really long time it was mostly art, mostly gut, mostly feel, mostly experience unbelievably lucky to have a guy like howard katz in the room kind of leading the process he took over from denny lewin who took over from glenn adama who took over you know from val Pinchback. we've had an unbelievable run of really really good guys kind of leading that process Most of those guys probably aren't sitting down on the keyboard and, you know, writing code, so we're trying to integrate some of the math and science and some of what we can do with some predictive analytics. You know, every time our fans interact with our game, they're telling us what they care about. You know, every time they call into your show, they tell you what teams and what players they care about. Every time they add a guy to their fantasy roster, every time they click on a link on NFL.com or buy a hat or a jersey or place a bet in a state where, you know, legalized sports betting is available, every time they interact with us they're telling us what they care about they're telling us who's important to them we're trying to listen to that we're trying to take all that data and sort of feed it in so that you know when howard katz's gut and feel tells him one thing hopefully the data supports it and if it doesn't howard's been real good about being open-minded to trying to solve this puzzle a different way
1: yeah it's so interesting mike i think i told you this last year at this time but howard katz was when i got my first tv opportunity at espn2 in 1993 howard katz was my boss's boss's boss. So, yes, I, I know this name very, very well. Mike North is the VP of NFL Broadcast Planning, more than 20 years in the broadcast department. And I guarantee, have you not heard that conversation before? You had no idea that went, went into making that schedule. Now you've got a much better idea. Mike, I really appreciate the conversation. Why don't we go ahead and set the date right now, a year from today, so we can do this again a year from today, if you don't mind. Lock me in, man. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, man. Me too. Great job, Mike. Appreciate you, and I appreciate that conversation. It's I appreciate that conversation for a lot of reasons, because you're you're into it, and you want to know who your team is going to play when and where. And I'm saying that I'm not that guy that hit refresh all day long yesterday. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? J.D. in Philadelphia. J.D., what's going on?
0: Tim, thanks for the vine. I have no idea what Mustafa is talking about. But let's put it this way. The filling, the Philly frying Pan is larded up or lardened up. And there isn't any doc that's going to be able to fix this dumpster fire. You know, doc gets up there and says, well, I came in with no expectations. Dude, we went through years of tanking for the process, to win a championship. That is what we expected. And if you don't win, at least go down fighting and not getting outscored 23-0 in the second half like Larden was by a real Philly guy, Jimmy Buckets. And the idea that we gave up on him because Ben Simmons and his acting coach, Brett Brown, the buddy of his parents, didn't want to play with him. You know, and we stuck with Tobias Harrison said. It's not Tobias' fault. This goes back to the Calvary Lion. who used to wear number 25, um, Ben Simmons. So, yeah, we are, I mean, we are just beyond uh, broken, disgusted with with the Sixers. I mean, look at this. We traded up for Markel Fultz, Boston, gets Jason Tatum. We dumped Mikhail Bridges, who's starring now for the Suns, a good Jay Wright, Villanova local guy, and we got a guy who's not even in the bloody NBA. But you know, I want to say war to uh, to Jimmy Buckets. You know, he, was, he he's been tremendous. He was tremendous in Philly. He you know he was loved here, and and he is missed here. And you know what? As much flack as Philly fans get, you know, when we have people like Jimmy or Keo who came, left their hearts on the field. You know, even when they go away, we still give them their props and respects, which distinguishes us from the ultimate cockroaches, Dallas fans. I've got to think that Dallas fans, you know, who who went after Chris Paul's family, um, you you know, you guys, like I say, you are the ultimate front-running cockroaches. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the roaches in the studio that Albie's got to chase down don't have a little uh, star on the back. Uh, you know, Kirk, cur- Kirk, cur- courtesy of Guerra. You know, and Dallas fan, why would you go after the dirtiest player in the game, CP3? You know, if you're going to go after somebody, if you're going to go after self-styled dirtiest players of the game, why don't you go after somebody like uh, this, uh, the dirtiest player in the jungle, allegedly, uh, Je- Jeff in Richmond, uh, who styles himself as CP3, a C3, but he's actually C3 P.O., the Whippy Protocol Droid from Star Wars. Oh, Master Jim, I can't show up for the, for the smack off. These clones, they're, they're showing no manners, no respect. It's just awful. Hey, Jeff, here's his word, dude. The name of the show is not Jim Grocer Garden. It is The Jungle. It is a sports show.
1: All right, let me jump in, now, JD, we- because the thing, JD, the beauty of this is you're my guy, JD. Rack him. Let's go to Mark. In Hollywood. What's going on, Mark?
3: Yo, Stu, you suck, bro. You should have stayed retired. Jim, yo, I wasn't really planning on calling after, uh, until the smack after my RSVP, until I heard Ira Craig's roommate, Matt in L.A., take a run at me yesterday. So I thought I'd light his bum ass on fire. Yo, you got to love how Matt laid me out. You know, his pea brain thinking that he was insulting me. Mark in Hollywood is a D-list actor which means I have a job that pays more than most vocations, and I don't wash windows under the overpass, and his studio apartment, which means I have a home rather than Matt paying rent to live in a gas station bathroom, and his cat food, which I don't even know what the hell that meant. I guess it means I can afford a pet, and I can feed that pet, ergo, I can feed myself, unlike Matt, who has to go dumpster diving behind McDonald's with Lenny Dykstra. Or Matt in LA using a public water fountain as a dubet. Listen, Matt, you boot licking coward. You're nothing but a knockoff Vic and a slightly more sober Fabian. Either way, you're a crappy caller. Your takes are like listening to the burp fart on a loop, and your face looks like the 405 during rush hour. A chaotic mess with a lot of potholes. Oh, and by the way, John in New York, I heard you and your slurred speech patterns try and take a run at me on Wednesday as well. John, everyone knows your New York accent ain't real, Brian Kelly. Jim, you know this fake bitch really lives in Teaneck, New Jersey, and he's too traumatized to step foot in the city ever since he destroyed his life in the 70s, turning tricks in Times Square. No more tread on those tires, eh, John? You used up trollop. It's kind of like a slip and slide at this point, am I right? Jim, how was it to stand on stage at the Hall of Fame, one of the proudest moments of your entire life, and to look out into the audience, see your beautiful family, and then look over to see a stinky drooling, lumpy Hudson River garbage barge named John in New York. Stop calling John, you stroke victim, because the jungle already has a grammar-deficient clown named Matt in L.A. But, Jim, now that I think about it, I'm kind of glad both John and Matt called and took a run at me this week, and they made it easy for me. It's like these bitches are lined up. And you know what this was called? Two skanks, one shot. Heat check,
1: I'm kind of glad they called too, Matt. Matt, what's going on?
0: What up, Romy? Hey, Mark, I know you're listening right now. When you go through puberty, get at me, all right? And yes, that cat food blast, it didn't mean that you had a pet like one of those crazy kooks that feeds the cats at the park, although you probably do. It's because you're too broke to eat real food, bro. That's cat meal option for you. Basically every day with your bum ass. Dog, we all know extras get paid like $50 a day, homie. I can make $50 an hour, all right? So you can at me whatever you want, but you're a smack-off chump because you want it when there wasn't no money being given out. So I know that's why you're chasing so much. Outro.
1: Right. Listen, Clones. This is the Jim Rome Show
0: with guest host Brian no. Weber on Seahawks
1: yeah 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 look who's back who's the new guy it was only one day nice to be here very obviously if i'm missing a monday show coming off a weekend like that i've got a very good reason to do so and the reason was not i woke up and decided yeah not feeling it can't do not it, coming baby. to work Nope, can't do I had it a much better reason than that and i will get to it a little bit later on in the meantime I'm just trying to reset myself. I mean, damn, Weber, what'd you do around here?
3: The bank is open on a Saturday.
1: Al Horford. Al, put a sign on Giannis's forehead. Welcome to Pound Town. Something switch. Al did to Giannis what the pantry does to me several times a week. Kick my ass. I mean, I guess I could have ignored that jury duty notice the way so many of you apparently do. I was not at the beach. I was not on my hog. You are all free to leave. Your jury obligations are now complete. And I'm like, wait, what? You are not the juror. It's like a Mori episode for me. Jim, I kind of like the idea of you being the foreman of the jury. Great strike is coming up on the inside. Oh my god! Oh my goodness. Goosebumps. I mean this. Biggest underdog ever. Biggest upset ever. Buster Douglas. 42-1 to one when he iced back. Iron Mike. Rich Strike was nearly double that. Kevin Weeks. Feeling great, Romy. What about you? The derby's over. <laughs> so how are you doing now that the derby's past? A classic case of
4: horse rage.
1: You'll be my court guard. I can be your long-lost pal. <laughs> I can <laughs> call you Giannis. Giannis. When you call me, you can call me out. Just not afraid, man. What are gonna do? Take me out of the Hall of Fame?
0: And a 91-year-old sex therapist is telling you to go home and try another position. That's when you know you've made it, Jim. And it beat us down.
1: They hit him in the face, right, and there was face.
3: no foul. That's Doc Rivers foul. is out of
1: the court. This guy the can't handle the result of an MVP ballot. I mean, stop with that.
3: No, little situation for
1: me. They were garbage. They all played like hell, but not because he didn't win the MVP. Stop with that. Listen, clones. It's time for you to become a legend and win. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Live from the Coliseum, Monster Truck Madness. Goliath meets Big Ben. Known as the Jungle. Jungle. By Alvin, Alvin, screened out by Chalk, Chalk, Ritz, bald. bald, Jungle, Jungle. My beef is when you microwave your caviar at lunch. Sign the XR4TI. My caviar has never seen the inside of a microwave. Hey, what's popping, Twitter?
3: Why are Jerry and the butt slam on WYXT in Nebraska getting paid? Please. You do the math, I'll do the jungle. Consider this my RSVP for the smack off. Uh, cat food marks.
0: <coughs> Email Athletic trainer
1: Kevin Johnson, who celebrated a birthday today, runs it's over started. to got hit That right birthday announcement position. wasn't awkward at all. Signed, parents who announced they are divorcing on Sit Christmas morning. Divorce. Yeah, my bee Hop gun too. I feel the need. I- I need to pee. Ah. Tyron Matthew is my guest. You know, this is not the first time this has happened to me.
5: <laughs>
0: you know, Jim, you know, I'm getting ready to play for my 14. You would like for everything to go your way, but it's no
5: real challenge in that, you know, so keep writing the story, Jim. Email. We were
1: all young. Heartache to heartache we stand. No promises, no demands. Love is a Honey Badger feel. Love is a-
4: honey Badger
2: Talking to Ryan Day. So the focus has to be on development. It can't be just about trying to get to the NFL. Every day's just got to maximize each day and try to make it great. Then you're to focus on that development. If I were Tua,
1: I would not be all that thrilled with my own social media department right about now. Imagine CBS tweeting a slow motion clip of me choking on my 11 o'clock almonds. Jim, spitting fire tape. Uh, I'm
3: biting. I'm nipping. I'm biting and I'm nipping.
1: Blocked by Holiday. He comes around with the ball. Highway Roberty! I mean, I don't know how to put this other than to say that is some highway roberty. Highway Roberty! Hey, hey, everybody at the car wash, gather around. I want to play something for you. Surfing the sides. Man, you are one trick pony. Kelly, Marquez, Valdez, Scalington. And Buffalo, probably the the two worst areas to. Bless me, uh No, bless you, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because the Sixers, to a man, were all lying dead on the floor in an ocean of blood. Because my man Buckets went on an absolute killing spree last night.
0: Every time you're wrong,
1: should you lose your job? Mike North, why don't we go ahead and set the date right now so we can do this again? Lock me in, man. I'm looking forward to it. My man.
4: Small ball lineup. It's working with Big Bob. Big Big Bob Portis.
1: Had herpes before that fight. Two outbreaks in the span of a week. You get to do this. Classic case of horse rage. Hopefully, oh, so yeah, I'll see you
0: on the twenty-fourth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm filing for bankruptcy. I can't eat. Oh, Excuse my legs With right, a broken bone in his face. Give yeah, him much respect anytime.
3: Sexy Mark
1: Zuckerberg. He check. Hey, what's popping, Twitter? Good night. Oh, I was hoping that would never end. End. Huge call brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Great job, Alvy. That was amazing. Good night, night.